Now McDavid, 10 on the power play. Bouchard one-timer, and that rocketed it off. The blocker of Francois lost the stick, recovered it, and now Bouchard. Power play is over. Bouchard loads, fires off the post. The rebound cleared. Oilers by an eyelash, and now Bouchard beaten to the puck. Comfort shoots and scores off the rush five hole. And the avalanche, a half second from seeing it go to 3-2 Edmonton, have taken the lead once more in game three as Comfort, fresh out of the box, able to beat Mike Smith between the wickets after winning a battle from Evan Bouchard. Well, a critical sequence there with 7.18 left in the third period. Evan Bouchard hits the post at one end. At the other end of the ice, he gets pushed off the puck by JT Comfort, who was fresh out of the penalty box. He goes in and scores. The game winner made it 3-2 for the Avalanche. Miko Rantanen adds an empty netter. Colorado 4, Edmonton 2 is the final in Game 3. The Avalanche are one win away from advancing to the Stanley Cup Final. The Oilers are one loss away from having their season come to an end. The Avalanche full marks for a 3-0 lead in this series. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. This game started perfectly for the Oilers. They scored 38 seconds into the game on their first shot. They faced a five-minute man disadvantage. They killed it off, but ultimately Colorado Rob just able to stick with it tonight. I mean, Ryan McLeod scored a bit of a unexpected long shot goal to tie it in the third period, but uh, I really the, Av the Avalanche just, I, I thought, relentless throughout this game. They were, and it's one of those next man up. Uh, all right, got a guy injured. Next guy's going to come out and do the job, move him up in the lineup. Uh, they turned the cheek. Anytime there was the Oilers trying to start something, they took the hit, skated away, and, and just went to the face-off. They, they had a, a businessman-like approach to this hockey game. Uh, but to me, it goes back again, and you and I talked about it at the end of the, the first period. The Oilers had a dream start. You've got this, this city absolutely electric, and, and we talked about Connor McDavid doing something special tonight, and he does. He starts in the first shift. He brings the place. I mean, they're trying to blow the roof off, and instead of being able to celebrate that and build off that and build off the, the energy and the fans, uh, Kane takes that penalty, a bad penalty. And... I know they killed it and got a, got out of it uh, with without giving up uh, the lead, but you took all the momentum away. You took all the energy away. To me, when, when McDavid scored that, I honestly, I had thoughts up there. The Oilers are going to get two, two right away, and then it's going to be three. This thing's going to be, the route is on here in the first period. And instead, they're defending. And uh, that penalty, I believe, cost them early in this hockey game, and I believe it's going to cost them to, on Monday as well as Kane I believe will be suspended so uh, an ill-advised play by Evander Kane uh, really stopped what could have been a pretty special start to this game for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah just to clarify I, I double checked the rule book and, and there's a, a list in the back pages of the rule book penal major penalties that result in an automatic game misconduct and major penalties that do not result in an automatic game misconduct unless there's an injury to the face or head. Boarding is in the second category. So even though Kadri left injured, they said it's not to the face or head. So Kane wasn't ejected from the game. He served his five-minute penalty and came back. Regardless, it very well will be looked at, and he could face a suspension. And uh, there are reports. I think Darren Drager from TSN was the first one to have it. I think Elliot Friedman suggested as well that it could be 
Uh, okay, Connor McGahee, the Avalanche play-by-play boy, says just tweeted, Nazem Kadri will be out for the series, if not longer. Yeah, well, it, it didn't look good. And that uh, uh, just adds to the fact that it was a dangerous hit. And now that there's an injury, I believe that you will uh, you will not see Vander Kane on Monday. And if the Oilers advance off to, to the next game after that, I'm not sure you see him then either. I don't think that's a one-game suspension. To me, it's much more than that. All right, Avalanche take it 4-2. So that, that'll be a storyline tomorrow. Uh, Vander Kane, good guy. I, I don't know what they're going to say for games, if they'll just say a game or if they're going to say the rest of the series or... or two games and ones next year yeah. if the Oilers get swept I, I don't know I don't know either it's just it's unfortunate because everything that had been with Evander Kane had been so positive uh, with his stay here and you don't want it to end on something like that so hopefully the suspension if there is one is short and the Oilers uh, play on Monday and live to play another game because that is not the way you want uh, your tenure or your season to end so uh, all in all, it was a, a game that I thought the Colorado Avalanche came in with a game plan, and they stuck to it. They are very good. And uh, Francois, that kid has played very, very well back-to-back -back games. Well, that glove save he made on McDavid oh. was his best save of the season. That would have made it 3-2 Oilers, and that was on the power play conference well, score so at the end of it. Well, on that power play, that's, I mean, Connor McDavid doesn't miss those. So he makes that save, and then shortly after that, Evan Bouchard walks in and puts one off the post. So the Oilers are, what, three inches on the McDavid shot, an inch and a half on the, the Bouchard shot away from taking a 3-2 lead in this place going absolutely bananas. And instead, 30 seconds later, the Edmonton Oilers are finding themselves behind and trailing in the hockey game again. So a game of inches, unfortunately, tonight, the inches went the Colorado Avalanche way. Francois, 32 years of age, by the way. It, again, His birthday was yesterday. At, again, at my age, <laughs> there's not a player in the National Hockey League that isn't a kid. All right, a lot to discuss tonight. Uh, the Oilers down three zip in the series. Let's go downstairs. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Just uh, you know, your thoughts on tonight that the swings of emotion. Bouchard hits the post at one end, puck in the back of your net less than 10 seconds later, and then also just the, the mountain you guys climb uh, face now uh, down 0-3. Well, uh, let's start with tonight's game. I thought it was a competitive hockey game. Um, penalty kill was excellent. Um, you know, some of the goals that, that went in against us, uh, you know, one goes in off of our stick, one goes in off of a block shot, lands on someone's uh, tape, and then another one uh, where a player comes out of the box after we just hit the post. So those are tough, uh, tough ones. Um, but our team competed to the very end in terms of, uh, what we're going to do, we're going to process the game and um, we're going to get back at her tomorrow. It, our, our goal is the same, is the same as it was today, which is we got to win one hockey game. Left side, Mark. Too many penalties for your team, uh, or did you think that, and I guess I would ask you, you why so many penalties? Maybe because you're chasing them a little bit, or what do you think? No, um, there's a penalty discrepancy in the entire series. Um, um, tonight, we spent more time in the box than we wanted to, that's for sure. Stay on the left. Uh, specifically, what did you think of Evander Kane's hit on Kadri and a little later in the period, um, McKinnon on Kleisidel? Yeah, well, I thought I saw the McKinnon in, in Dreisaitl because it was right by the bench. I thought that was a slew foot. I haven't had a chance to review the penalty on Evander Kane yet. 
back, right, Daniel? Uh, Jay, your team has done such a great job of scoring goals these entire playoffs. What do you think's been um, causing you know a bit of a trouble in that regard in the last couple of games? Well, we scored two goals tonight. We were in a tight hockey game and we hit the post, and uh, they went down the other end and, and scored on their opportunity. Jay, you had good energy from the crowd. He had a great early shift from McDavid. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like with all the penalties you ended up having to kill that, you know, you were poised for a big start there, but the wind got taken out of your sails a little bit? No, I actually thought uh, the kill that we did did have with the five-minute kill was a momentum booster for us. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want to be defending for five minutes or whatnot, but I thought we handled it great. Our penalty kill was uh, fantastic tonight. Right side. Jay, you know, Mike, Mike battled all night. Uh, you know, he probably doesn't like the the third goal, but but just your your thoughts on, on your on your goalie, uh, you know, hanging in, keeping you hanging you guys in when it was you know two one, and even when it was three two. Yeah, he made a lot of saves for us. He gave us a chance to win the game tonight for sure. Second row on the left. Jay, Jay just with your lineup adjustments tonight and how impressed you are with Brad, you know, big part yeah. of the five there. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was a big part, yeah, of our kill the entire night and uh, his physical, he had some good shifts and I thought he, he made a good contribution to our, our lineup tonight. And Russell. And Russ, uh, obviously, you know what you're getting with Chris Russell. He was also good on the penalty kill. Uh, he's fearless, shop, shop blocker, that type of thing. And, um, you know, we decided to go 7-D tonight, and, and Chris drew in. Stay on the left. Uh, what's the message? It's, it's difficult down 3 nothing. I'm sure you got to leave your guys alone for a little while, but what, what do you come back with tomorrow with you? Well, I think we're going to process the game like we talked about. Um, we're going to make a, a couple of tweaks here and there, and we're coming in with the mindset as, as we've had all year long, which is we got to win one hockey game, and there are things that we can do better, um, but I thought our compete, our try... Uh, was there tonight. In the end, it came down to one play, and uh, they made one extra play, and they found the win. Any more questions for Coach? Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, that's Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers' 4-2 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, didn't really comment on the Kane hit. He said he thought it was a slew foot uh, McKinnon on dry saddle earlier in the period that wasn't called. Uh, I mean, at this point, what, what do you think, Rob? Oh, it probably was. I don't know if it was a vicious slew foot, but it certainly deserved a penalty. And at that point, there was a big uh, collective oh no as Leon left the ice in pain and walked down the the runway. And you're hoping, oh no, no, don't let this be a reoccurrence of the injury. We don't want to, we can't afford to have him out of the lineup. But yeah, there certainly should have been a penalty on Nathan McKinnon. Um, anytime that you see Leon go in with physical contact with another player and he goes down, you always want to watch an instant replay because very rarely is Leon the guy going down on the ice. So, yes, that should have been a penalty. All right. And the Avs are totally in control of this series now. And, Rob, we knew they were a great team. I mean, I, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup before the season. We won't talk about my Eastern Conference pick. <laughs> but they, they're, I mean, this might sound silly, but they're, they're even better than I thought they were. And what I'm going to say this to was in terms of their defensive play. Yep. They are negating... I don't want to say negating McDavid and Drysdale, but they're doing as good a job as anybody is limiting their rush opportunities. Uh, I mean, and it's not just the, the fast defensemen. Forwards get back. Forwards knock pucks away. I, and I felt for the Oilers tonight, there were a lot of almosts, mm -hmm. but that's credit to the Avalanche because the Oilers might get into, into the blue line, 
inside the blue line, but then oftentimes not a lot happens once they get across the line. Well, you, you, we've talked about it before, and you, you've mentioned it many times. The defense that has the best opportunity of slowing down Connor are the defensemen that can skate. And McCarr and Byram and Taves, they are all fantastic skaters. And when they're on the ice, uh, there's no turnover where all of a sudden they get caught, caught flat-footed and it goes the other way and they're chasing. They're fast enough to get back in the play and play it properly. The Colorado Avalanche have been excellent at backtracking. So when, and we've talked about before the game, when Connor's coming down on, say, McCarr, it's not just McCarr and Connor going head-to-head. To head. There's Cogliano or, or, or another player or a McKinnon or, or a Randon coming back and also getting involved in the play. They're getting sticks there. They're taking away passing lanes. And this is the least amount of free ice that I've seen Connor and Leon have all season long. Uh, to me, the, if teams that win in the regular season that have great seasons, one of the biggest things they have is depth so that when they go through injuries, they're not affected as much. And that's what we're seeing right now with Colorado. Their number one goalie's out. They got two skaters in their top five out and a top four defenseman out. Yet you wouldn't have noticed that when you watched this hockey game tonight, there wasn't a drop-off uh, in, in play. And at the end of the night, they've got world-class players like the Oilers. But what the Oilers don't have, they don't have a Kale McCarr. And he is a difference maker. He played 30 minutes tonight. And he's one of those guys, when he's on the ice, you just feel we're going to be hard-pressed to score on this shift because he just doesn't make bad plays. And if he does, if there's a bad bounce, he has the ability to get back and transition because he's such a great skater. So uh, the Oilers played well tonight. Colorado just played better. 4-2 is the final in favor of the Avalanche. The Japanese Village Goal Light will be inactive this evening. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, and then you can go to 630Jet.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer uh, for yeah free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu visit jvedmonton.ca okay you'll hear from Smith and McDavid you'll hear from CeCe and Kane was this his final game of the season it is possible we're live in Studio 99 this is Heartland Ford overtime open line Ryan McLeod wrist shot score off the rush as he entered the zone Ryan McLeod the equalizer we're tied to in game three. Well, the Oilers had a lot of life after that one, but the Avalanche would get a winning goal from Comfer, an empty netter from Rantanen, and win the game 4-2. Ryan McLeod, our fourth star tonight for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinel.ca. The three stars, Nakushkin, had two goals, could have had four, if not for the second star. Mike Smith and uh, Devin Taves from the Avalanche is your third star. And uh, McLeod got that goal, played 17-07, had three shots, had a dangerous rush down the right-hand side in the second period. I mean, the Oilers needed a couple more tonight, but I thought McLeod had a good game. I, I thought he was very good. And you could see that the coach uh, appreciated the play that he had in, during the game. He was out there at the end of the game when the goalie was pulled. Uh, he keeps getting better. He's got world-class speed. Uh, he, he will learn the game as he moves on with experience, which makes will make his speed that much more dangerous. But yeah, I thought he was a bright spot in this hockey game. Okay, so 4-2, the Avalanche win it. That is a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give $200 every time the Oilers have scored throughout the season. Let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. We have uh, Cody Cece and Evander Kane at the podium. Uh, I know that's a disappointing result, Cody. Maybe just a thought on kind of the flow of that game and, and maybe what cost you in the end. 
Um, yeah, I think we spent a little too much time in the in the box, but uh, we were right in the game the whole way. We had a chance on the, the power play to go up one. Ended up giving up one on just at the end of a power play. So, I mean, we're right there. It's really frustrating, but we're not going to quit on each other. Right side, Josh. Evander, what did you see? On, what, what, how did you see the, the play with, with Kadri early in the first playout? Um, I was just coming in on the back check. Uh, went wide kind of dribbled into the corner and uh you know i know he likes to reverse it and um you know i was just trying to uh get a bump on him and that's really all i did um unfortunately he went uh into the boards awkwardly and hurt his hands but uh you know it that was unfortunate second row on the left uh cody just what was it in the general feeling with all the guys i mean being down three nothing is obviously tough but just you know what the task at hand is and it's very tough but you know what's just the feeling with everybody in the room now yeah we just said that uh i mean it's not not an ideal spot but we're not quitting on each other yet we're just going to take it one game at a time so all we're looking at is next game and uh hopefully we can pull it out and uh try and get one in their barn too Back right, Daniel. Uh, Vander, in the, throughout the course of these playoffs, your team has been able to score almost at will. What do you think's happened over the last two games that has, has changed that? Uh, you know, I thought tonight we, we, we had a lot of uh, pucks at their net. We just couldn't find those rebounds. Um, you know, you look at all their goals, uh, real lucky bounces, you know, at uh, unfortunate times in the game. Um, you know, and we got to find our way to, to create our own bounces and our own luck and be a little bit more uh, determined around the net. Second row on the left, Mark. Yeah, you just, the momentum, you had more momentum tonight, Evander, but still couldn't keep it, right? Still couldn't turn one goal into two somehow. All playoffs long, you've got the second one to keep it going. Is Colorado doing something or is it you guys that aren't doing something? Uh, I mean, you could say it's a little bit of both. I think... Uh, you know, like you said, we we, fight, we, we had a great start. Um, you know, it's one nothing. Uh, they get a bounce, um, and they get another one in the second. So, uh, it's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, you know, we're down 3-0. We have to uh, take care of Game Four on uh, on Monday night and, and start from there. Back right, Tony. Evander, uh, going back. To, oh, sorry about that. Uh, going back to the game-winning goal uh, by JT Comfort. You look at that whole sequence. Does that just kind of illustrate how tight the margins are against this Avs team? Yeah. You know, when you get this deep in the playoffs, um, you know, you got four good teams left that uh, you know compete hard each and every shift. And you know, we uh, we got a power play there. We hit a post. Can't find a rebound. They go down the other way and and uh, and score. So um, the margin error this time of the year is is extremely slim and. Um, you know, we're seeing that firsthand. Stay on the right. Uh, Evander, uh, just over here. Um, Mike, Mike battled. Mike kept you guys in it. He probably won't like the third goal. But what can you say about, about his performance tonight? I mean, he's been he's been great. Uh, you know, we got to give him some more goal support. Um, you know, he made a great couple of real big saves there uh, to keep the game uh, a one-goal game uh, late in the third period there. And, um, you know, he's been real good for us. All right, that's Evander Kane and Cody CC Evander Kane. Uh, giving more information <laughs> he, he thought it was Kadri's hand so uh, we'll see well, I mean, there is, there, any sort of broken there is bone. talk that they said that it was a broken wrist yeah. so but I that's just talk we haven't seen yeah, anything we don't know but I don't think you'll see Kadri back in you might not see him in the playoffs which is it, it's, it's unfortunate for him because he's having a fantastic season a fantastic playoff although there are uh, there's some players like uh, Bennington who have missed their playoffs as well because of Cadre's play. You just don't want to see any player getting hurt this time of year. At 
or actually any time of year. 4-2 the Avalanche. Take it. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. Zach Cassian started the game up on a line with Evander Kane and uh, Connor McDavid. I set the line for River Free Resort and Casino Excitement bet on it at 12 minutes and 30 seconds. How much would... Cassian play. He winds up playing nine. Now I lost it, Rob. 909. 909. He only so. had 11 shifts in the game. So, and as the game went on, did he play in the third? I'm not sure he did. Honestly, I, I don't know if he did either. Uh, the problem for Cassian in this game, there were so many penalties early in the game he doesn't kill. So he, and that's again, when you take a five minute major, you take players out of the game. Cassian was one of those who was out of the game. And then when he did play, he was minus two on the night. So uh, the, it was not a the first line for the Edmontons, this was uncharacteristic of them. They're usually much more dominant than they were. So Robert wins, set the line. He gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Well, and if, I mean, obviously 3 nothing down <laughs> is, is a bad enough situation. We'll see about Yamamoto and if Kane is suspended. So you're already down one of your top six guys. You could be down two of your top six guys on Monday. This is a... Uh, a very, very, very steep hill that the Oilers are facing. It is, and one of the things that you see with championship teams, uh, they, the adversity they go through, the, that's why we talk about it, the trade deadline, you're adding players, not to make you better, but to make you deeper. And we're gonna see, possibly, the, the Oilers depth tested over the next little while. If, if Kane is suspended and if Yamamoto isn't back, those are two fours that eat a lot of ice time. Um, and, and have both had very good playoffs. So uh, the Colorado Avalanche have faced adversity and they've had players step up. Now the Edmonton Oilers are going to need the same as well. So, I mean, we're just, well, I mean, the situation is the same. you got to win one game. Yep. <laughs> Can't then, win two without winning one. Um, I, I mean, here's the thing for me. I thought the Oilers did manage the puck better tonight. Yep. No, certainly not perfectly, but better. Nope. You didn't see a lot of, oh, my God, here's another four-on-two. Here's another yep. three-on-two. Here's another two-on-one. There were some. Um, I, I felt, especially in the second period, Rob, and I'm curious to see if, you, if what you thought, and this is where I really thought, oh, man, like these the avalanche were like okay we'll we'll grind like we'll we'll forecheck we'll wear you down and and those chances they got in the second period i mean when smith made those saves off nikushkin uh, he made that other stop i think Sturm almost tucked that one those weren't off the rush that was we're going to get in on the forecheck and we're, we're going to pound away and keep pucks alive so now you're looking at well okay they killed you with your rush game and now they said okay it We'll, we'll get in and we'll pound you a little bit and grind well, right away. When they got the lead, you started seeing dumping pucks and they get to the red line, dump and change, or get the puck in behind the defenseman and try to work them below the goal line. Uh, it's To get this far in the National Hockey League playoffs, you, you can't just be a one-dimensional team. You have to be able to win different ways. We saw the Oilers in round one play against a very, very stubborn defensive team that didn't want to forecheck, and it took the Oilers a little bit of time, but they figured it out, and eventually found a way to beat a team that played that way. Against Calgary, they've met a team that wanted to run them out of the building physically. All right, so they adapted to that and, and came out. Well, the Colorado Avalanche, the same thing. They've had to play a couple different types of games to get to where they are. I believe this is the style that they prefer, as do the Oilers. But right now, the Colorado Avalanche are playing the style that both teams want to play. They're just playing it better. 
and they understand that at certain times of the game, okay, we'll go end to end, we'll play in a track meet, but there's also a part of the game where, you know what, we've got a lead, let's slow this down, let's just start milking time off the clock, and not by dumping in and defending, but we're going to get the puck in deep, and we're going to spend time in your zone below the goal line, take pucks to the net, and they're very good at that, and that also is, when you talk about defensemen like Makar and Taves and, and Byram, who are very good at jumping into the rush, those defensemen are also very good in offensive cycle type plays. Yeah. You would see McKinnon coming up the boards and McCarr go behind him, drop the puck. Now McCarr's got the puck below the goal line. So that's another way that they can keep control of the puck on the offensive zone with their defensemen jumping into the play and playing like a half court type offense that you would see in basketball. Colorado's capable of doing that too. Okay, uh, we'll get to your phone calls in a couple of minutes. You'll also hear from Mike Smith and Connor McDavid. The Oilers down three games to nothing in the West Final. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. And now it's Kulak for the Oilers. Could not extract, however. Nachushkin back on the puck for Colorado. Already with two in the game. Beautiful centering pass. What timer, what a save on Kale McCarr. A beautiful dish by Landeskog and Mike Smith with his best save of the night. Point blank against Colorado's Kale McCarr. That is Mike Smith. Save the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. Mike Smith stops 39 out of 42 tonight. Franzos at the other end stops 27 out of 29. An empty netter as well for the Avalanche. So they uh, have 43 shots overall. Win the game 4-2. Oilers face elimination Monday at 6 here at... Rogers place. I mean, Rob, you've been down in series. I know you've been up in more series, but you've been facing that. I mean, is it easy just to say, okay, go out and play like any other game, season on the line, cliches, how does it feel right now? Uh, a little nervous. Um, the, the good feeling that you have after a victory is so intoxicating that the, the feeling you have off after a loss is, is so big the opposite direction. And uh, players are not oblivious to the fact of the how f seldom a team comes back from 0-3. You always have belief in your dressing room. You're, all, you're always confident, uh, a confident bunch. But now you know that the margin of error is so small. And every time, so next game, every bad bounce, bad break, uh, that the other team scores, you just, it just it takes a little bit out of you each time something bad happens because you don't have that buffer to allow you to, okay, if we have an off night, we're okay because we've won two games already in the series. So it, it's tough. It'll be a tough night tonight. A lot of players will be going home thinking of when in a one-goal game, really this was, take away the empty net goal, what could I have done different in this one-goal game that may have been made a difference and we could have won the victory? And you'll be playing it over and over and over in your head all yeah. night long. We had a caller the other day named uh, Rhonda who was really not a fan of Darnell Nurse and... Uh, actually said that Darnell Nurse, like Steve Smith, was going to make a play that would cost the Oilers a game, and I on air said that was a crap comparison. I got a direct message from Ron tonight who said, hey, Reed, there's my crap comparison in full view for you to witness. Darnell Nurse mirroring Steve Smith. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I stand by that. I, I don't think that's a, a fair comparison. I mean, Steve Smith, crazy play with Grant Fuhr, game seven. Darnell Nurse is trying to deflect the puck behind the net. It goes in. It, it, it happens, Rhonda. Uh, congratulations that you're gloating over a player on supposedly your favorite team having a really tough play. So that's all I have to say about that. I, I will say that I thought this was Darnell's best game of the series by far and one of his better ones of the playoffs. Uh, he looked a little bit more like himself. Having said that, he's nowhere near 
what we're used to with their nail nurse. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Greg on the line. Hey, Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Pretty good. Oh, it's Goldie so guy, Greg. Yeah, yeah, the no birthday wishes today, though, boys. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, the Oilers need to make the, the Stanley Cup Finals because I'm getting married in June, and that's the only way I can get out of it. So I'm scared <laughs> oh, really geez. hard. So. That's amazing. So, well, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> see what happens. on, boys. Uh, I'm just wondering uh, what do you guys think about if our if Jay Woodcroft, or if he's going to, or should he make some adjustments on the power play? Because um, the way I see it is they're trying to pass the puck in the net, number one. Number two, I find they're more successful um, when they're sh when they're taking shots from the blue lining and creating chaos because when they're just passing the puck around, the penalty killers don't have to move. They don't get tired. They're just in a box, and the Oilers are just basically skating around the outside, passing the puck around, and they're not busy. They're not skating. They're not getting tired. So the PK can just stay out there basically as long as the top power play unit can. So I'm just curious. Well, I, I thought that the Oilers did try. I, I thought they, they've made a conscious effort as of late to get the puck into Bouchard's hands and, and for a one-timer for Barry to shoot. We saw Leon Dreisettle take shots twice from outside trying to create chaos in front. Um, Connor McDavid once coming down tried firing from distance. Uh, now, there, you can always tweak a power play when it doesn't score. The Oilers had their good look uh, when Connor McDavid had a backdoor open net and and I mentioned it earlier that you rarely see him miss that. And a good, our good friend Jack Michaels made a good point on it. That's if if that's a normal-handed goaltender, that's a blocker. And Connor's probably scoring the goal, but uh, Francois plays opposite hand, so he catches out with his catching glove. I didn't even think of that at the time, but uh, the Oilers' power play had an opportunity to win this hockey game for them. They had a power play late in the game of a tied hockey game. I, sitting in the booth up top, read. To me, I'm thinking, okay, they're going up 3-2. I honestly, I believe when every time the Oilers have a power play in an important situation, I believe they will score. They had a couple good looks. They had the save that he made off of Con Connor McDavid, and they had the post. So, but at the end of the day, they didn't get it done, and the guy that took the penalty came out of the box and just pushed Bouchard off the, the, the puck and scored, uh, well, I'd say his biggest goal of the playoffs, but... He's had a couple big yeah. goals in the playoffs well, already. Here's the thing. I mean, let's look at what's happening here. The the Avalanche stars have been probably a little better than the Oilers stars. Yep. I, I think the the depth forwards have been a lot better than the Oilers depth forwards, like like a lot better. Yep. I, I mean, Comfer would be the third best Oilers forward in this series. He's been excellent. You, you know, like, and that's not even including some of the other guys. Um, I mean, the one I, I I do think Smith has played quite well personally. Smith, Smith I, has I, been very well. I mean, Smith gave them a chance in this game tonight. Right there, there was a two-on-one late in the game when uh, Nikishkin could have had his hat trick goal on that one. The Nikishkin, am I saying it right, Nikishkin? Nikushkin. Nikushkin, and then he had the other one where he walked, put his body around his arms behind the other defenseman, and Smith made an unbelievable save on that. Uh, Smith played well, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Fifel, he's got to have that. I can tell you from experience that is a great place to shoot on a goalie. You look dumb if you don't hit it because you're shooting it into his pads or his stomach, but you can't cover everything. If you want to cover the posts, then there's always going to be a small amount of area that you can throw a puck in. And I met a good friend of mine, Joey Mullen, scored 500 goals in the National Hockey League, and five hole was his favorite spot. So Mike Smith was very good in this game. Unfortunately, the goalie in the other end was a made one save more, and the Edmonton Oilers now 
have to regroup and find a way to win one game. 4-2, Colorado takes it. We'll go back to the certainty hotline. We have Baz standing by. Hi, Baz, go ahead. Yeah, hey, Reed Wilkins, and to the greatest number 44, Rob Brown. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Very good, thank you. Very good. I got a uh, take, and then I got a question for each of you, for Reed Wilkins and for Rob Brown. Um, I think he should be suspended for the rest of the, rest of the series. I think uh, it, it was kind of a career-threatening hit. I've seen guys with broken nets uh, just with a cross-check right next to the boards with that. So I think Kane will be suspended probably for a couple of games at least, I think. Uh, a little bit of NHL history, just to educate Reed Wilkins, in uh, 30 years ago, uh, number 22 Chicago Blackhawks scored a goal in game three. And number four, uh, in, ga in game number four, he got a, a goal and two assists. And number 22 was Rob Brown, who helped to eliminate the Oilers. So I was really, uh, really sad about that, but kind of good for Rob Brown. My question, was that your greatest player performance, uh, Rob Brown, in, in that series? And for Reed Wilkins, uh, TNT's Paul Bissonetti from TNT got head shaving. Uh, head shaven because he lost the bet. I think he chose the Flames. Did you make any bets with uh, Flames host Pat Steinberg? And no, if yes, no. what did you win? No. Thank you for taking my call. No, no bets. I wouldn't <laughs> do something like that. <laughs> I don't have enough hair for it to really matter. I do remember those games. I, I, I've scored in the overtime in the playoffs. I've set up a goal or two in overtime in the playoffs. But having two really strong games in Edmonton in the National Hockey League semifinals. Uh, yeah, that would probably be my highlight of my NHL playoff career doing it in front of family and friends. 90, that would have been 30 years ago. That was 92. Okay, don't, don't date me here. Don't well, date me. Well, people know when you played. They have hockey DB. Yeah, uh, good and point. And the guide and record book. It was the year I played for the Blackhawks. We played the Oilers. They went on to lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the finals that year. That was that, well, you had that crazy 6-5 game. Uh, against uh, the, the Penguins? Game four was that 6, they beat you 6-5, And right? the game before, Third. I think it was one nothing. That was in game three in the Stanley Cup Finals. We're walking in, in the old Chicago Stadium. You used to have to walk upstairs to get to the rink. And as I'm turning the corner to walk up the stairs, Mike Keenan pulled me out of the lineup going up and said, okay, tonight you're, you're shadowing Mario. And I looked at him like, are you, are you nuts? You do know that I've been called a defensive liability. Most going of out for the game? Or going for the out for the game. Going up to like the no thing. prep, no... Nope, nothing. And, and every I, every shift, I was out against Mario. I, back then, you could grab and hold right. and hook. I held on to the back of his shirt the entire game every time I was out there. But yeah, it was the weirdest thing ever. That I'm, is I'm, an odd time to... Well, especially me, I guess, Reed. I guess he didn't want you to think about it. Well, have you ever seen my defensive play? I, re Reed, I recall strong. some of it. I recall <laughs> some of it. Well, then you're one of the few. So, yeah, so that was a, a really weird situation. I held him pointless. And then the next game they won 6-5. So, but yeah, no. Uh, Didn't Dirk Graham have a hat trick for you guys? He did in, in the that first game. period. And yeah. I, yeah, there's a re I have a really good picture at home of uh, Dirk crying on my shoulder on the blue line as we watched the Penguins celebrate. It was, uh, it's tough. You you think you're always going to get another chance to do it, and it never ever came for me. Okay. Wow, that's an even bigger downer than the Oilers losing tonight. Uh, I'm going to go home now and call my therapist. Four, it's okay. 4-2, the Avalanche win it. Back to the Hall of Fame room. Mike Smith, Connor McDavid. Connor, just uh, just your thoughts on tonight and, and the hill you guys uh, faced down 0-3. 
uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, not, not a great situation to be in. Um, go down three. Series isn't over, obviously. Um, you know, we got to go one at a time here. Second row on the left. Uh, Connor, just the, the 10 second span when Bush hit the post and comes down the other way. I mean, could have been 3 2 for you guys instead, it's the other way. Uh, it's a game of inches. Um, you know, obviously, it showed there. Um, you know, if that's a, an inch on the other side for Bush, it's in. Um, you know, we're up 3 2 and having a different conversation here. So, um, you know, obviously, like I said, um, not a great situation, but not over. Similar question for you, Mike. Like, just a you know a post at one end, a goal at the other. You know, lots of good chances. I know you saw quite a bit of rubber tonight. Is this just is this a tough one to lose because of how tight it was and, and some bounces like that? Yeah, it's playoff hockey. It's uh, every play counts, and uh, you know it obviously stings to go down three three nothing, but. Uh, um, saying that, it's it's not over till you lose four, and we got to come back uh, in game four and try and win one game and, and move on from there. But obviously, the desperation level has to be at, at an all-time high in order to uh, you know to win it at this time of the year, and it comes from everybody in the room, just a little bit more. And and uh, like Connor said, it's a game of inches. It, it's it's uh, there's not a lot of space out there, but you just gotta you gotta give everything you have for one game. Back right. Uh, Connor, uh, over the course of the playoffs as a team, you guys have done a great job of, of scoring goals, a lot of goals. What do you think uh, has changed over the last couple of games to, to, for, to prevent that from happening? What? Uh, over the last couple of Prevent what from happening? Uh, from scoring goals as a team. What's, what's uh, stopping them? Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, they're uh, a good hockey team. I'm going to keep saying that. Um, you know, they obviously do a lot of good things defensively and offensively. Um, you know, we're a good team too, and, and uh, we have to find a way to score. Um, got to find a way to defend as well. Um, I think we all, uh, like like Smitty said, you know, can uh, can go up uh, in our desperation. Has to be a, an all-time high, like he said, and we go one at a time. Left side, Mark. Mike, that might be as good a game as you've played here. Uh, and you still let in three. They were the sum of the quality chances you faced were exceptionally high. Is this is 43 shots against this team a little bit different than 43 shots against most teams? I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're a good like they're a good team. They, they can burn you if you give them you know if you give them opportunities. They they have good players that in the conference finals for a reason and they're you know they can they can sting you so um that being said you just gotta take it one shot at a time and try and make saves for your team when when there's opportunities there and, and unfortunately tonight it it didn't happen connor you guys had the building the crowd the energy you get an early goal how much win did it take out of your sails to to suddenly have to kill i mean a seven minutes in penalties for the rest of that period there but the kill did a great job you know absolute warriors on the kill um you know getting in in the way and of, of some big shots and obviously dog uh, hung in there and, and did a great job for us um thought it actually gave us a little bit of momentum um Obviously, the, the, the tying goal there at the end of the first is a fluky one, and that probably takes a little bit of you know wind out of the sails. But um, you know, I thought uh, thought the kill did great. All right, this is McDavid and Smith after the Oilers lose 4-2 to the Avs tomorrow afternoon, one o'clock Mountain Time. Rangers with a two-nothing lead on the road against Tampa Bay. Oil Kings 4 p.m. tomorrow here at Rogers Place. Game two of the WHL Final. Seattle got the first one, 2-1. Last night, the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to Edmonton Trailer 
Com. I, I suppose a bright spot for the Oilers tonight would be uh, the penalty kill. The Avs go 0 for 5 on the power play. Now, the last power play was only 27 seconds because Malone uh, took the penalty at the end of the game. But the first power play was, I mean, and that's, to me, killing off a five-minute major, that's the equivalent of scoring a goal. Like, I, I, you feel like you're plus one if you if you kill that off. I, I agree. And the penalty killers were fantastic. And very rarely does a team go 0 for 5 on a PP, including a five-minute major, win a hockey game. So there's so many positives out of that. It's just that many penalty minutes takes a lot of players out of play. Yeah. It takes a lot of momentum when you're trying to roll lines, when you're trying to uh, get your best players out there because Connor and Leon, obviously they're not going to kill and be as effective as killers. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of great that you could see with the penalty kill, but... It also, I believe, those penalties hurt the Oilers because instead of having Connor and Leon five on five on the ice, you're having them sitting on the bench or, in Leon's case, taking face-offs, tiring himself out, trying to kill penalties. So the penalty killers were great, but the Oilers had to use them too much tonight. All right, back to the certainty dot line. We have Zach standing by. Hey, Zach, go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um I just uh, wanted to point out that, you know, a lot of the mistakes and the kind of play and, and even statistically when you look at the five-on-five -five play of the Oilers um, in the playoffs is kind of lining up with um, what their performance under Dave Tippett in terms of bleeding way too many chances and um, just not a very great save percentage five-on-five -five. if you look over the top 16 teams or the 16 teams that made the playoffs they're ranking about 12th for goals chances against uh, and save percentage um the the next thing i wanted to to mention was um just in terms of deployment i was surprised to see archibald and yamamoto come out both being right hand shots on yamamoto's hurt yamamoto's hurt zach yeah yeah but so i didn't understand scratching archibald when yamamoto was hurt and they're oh, both the right hand yeah. shots on your pk i was surprised by that right and then uh, just a, uh, regarding the cane um situation there was a very similar play from uh, Hagel in Tampa Bay uh, in the Tampa Bay Florida Panthers series and the call on the ice was a major penalty it was reduced to a minor penalty after they reviewed it and he got a $5,000 suspension um, so I guess that's all I have to say I, I don't remember that hit specifically and the fact that it got moved from five minutes down to two minutes I don't think it would be the same play I mean this was a five-minute major that was upheld after review that caused an injury to a player who's going to be out what sounds like the remainder of the playoffs. If Every time I, uh, whenever I look at uh, a penalty and decide what I believe it, it should be suspension-wise, I always just flip-flop the players. And I would look at it as if this was Connor or Leon or Darnell Nurse or someone on the Oilers. What would I expect that other player on the other team to get? To me, this is, it's more than one game. We talk all the time, Reed, you and I, about what you want out of the game and this is the exact well, play cross checking to me is number one yeah and this is a cross check five feet from the board with players going full speed and the the he, if he broke his wrist is what that's the rumor right now that's putting your arms up to protect yourself from going face first into the to the board so to me this is uh, as simple a call as i've ever seen to being a suspension now i don't know what the games will be but i i'd be shocked utterly shocked if he played in game four 
All right, Oilers fall 4-2. More chat here in Studio 99. More of your calls as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Valerie Nakushkin scores twice. JT Comper scores the game winner. Avalanche knock off the Oilers 4-2 tonight at Rogers Place to take a 3-0 series lead in the West Final. Uh, we had Zach asking about uh, taking Josh Archibald out. Brad Malone came in. Hadn't seen him in an NHL game in... Well, basically three months, uh, almost three months. Uh, that is our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. And of course, the Oilers went with seven defensemen as well. So Chris Russell came in. He played exactly 10 minutes. Were you surprised it was Malone coming in? Shocked. Yep. Absolutely shocked. I, I was. I. This is a, a I mean, he, he was fine he, in a penalty killing role. Uh, he did a great job. Obviously, they gave up nothing, but I would have thought he would have been further down the depth chart so absolutely shocked not shocked about Russell and not shocked about how he played uh, he was very very good on the penalty kill played four minutes uh, penalty killing in a in a penalty kill that was perfect on the night so I would expect them to go seven defensemen again next game but we'll have to see what happens with Kane and the health of Yamamoto did it they might have to go eight defensemen they yeah, might, they might not have forwards, forwards. <laughs> but uh, it, it yeah, you hope that Yamamoto is healthy enough to play because this Oiler team needs every available asset they have to be able to combat against the Avalanche, who are very good. All right, we got Rob on the Certainty Dot line. Hey, Rob, go ahead. Hello, fellows. How are you both doing? Good. Good, good. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, continued success for both of you and uh, Mr. Brown. Uh, I'm a Cam High grad from 1987. I used to see you, Greg Hoggood, and Mark Recchi walking through the, the, the you know, the halls of uh, Cam High. That is a long, long time ago. I forgot it where I graduated so from. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just, I, I guess I got a question and a statement. Um, I think the Kane hit, he did hit him in the numbers, but Kadri, if you could see, he fell to the boards on his side, and you could see the snow in Kane's skates, so he did try and stop. I guess my question is, is it too late nowadays to try and run a team out of the league? I think that we left a huge opportunity in Game 2 to send a message that we are not going to put up with the speed that they have anymore. And, uh, like, has hockey just evolved so much now that we can't be the tougher team and run them out of the rink? And three other things I just quickly wanted to say is uh, my friend Ron, who's a, a, who's a Flames fan, lost a case of Coors Original to me, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, number two is we did beat the Flames Oilers fans. And number three, we do not play in a rink that looks like a maxi pad. So we're doing all right. Oh go Oilers goodness. go, and I hope okay. we go farther. Well, I'm certainly not commenting on a couple things from that call. Oilers <laughs> lose 4-2 to the uh, Avalanche tonight. We'll also welcome Brian to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Brian, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, well, another rough one tonight. But you know what? I agree with Mike Smith not over until the other team has won the fourth game so i still have full confidence in our oilers they've got a tough mountain to climb but i i feel that they've got a team that could do it uh so and i know it you guys are probably maybe tired of talking about the cane hit but i just want to uh, give you a theory and then ask a question to uh, to both of you to see what you think my theory is this, that uh, should there be a, uh, a suspension, which I feel there probably will be because of Kadri being injured like he was, uh, do you think that had the official given Kane a five and a game misconduct, 
that there would have been a good, there might be a, have been a good chance that the uh, NHL would turn around and say, well, you know what, we pretty much serve a whole game anyhow, and not given a suspension. Um, that's a really good question, and I know I think Reed talked to someone before about that, a referee that talked about. Uh, a player getting kicked out and that's more or less a, a, a game suspension because he got kicked out in the first three minutes of a hockey game. I thought I remember you talking to someone at one point. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the rules well enough in the National Hockey League to know if you can give them a game misconduct for a cross-check. I don't know if you have to all of a sudden turn it into an intent to injure penalty for him to be kicked out at that point. I just think that the severity of the injury to Kadri, the fact that it is a it is a dangerous play that he will be suspended that's just my personal opinion we'll find out more tomorrow and the next day but i i'd be really surprised if evander kane played in game four or any other games that the Edmonton may have in the playoffs this year yeah i imagine we'll find that out tomorrow i I mean, we've seen suspensions in the playoffs in the past where they've just said, okay, it's this many games. If it yep. goes into next regular season, we've seen rest of series. Uh, I mean, I think Kadri got rest of series that, that one year against Boston, and then if Toronto would have advanced, he's back for game one. So we, we'll see. I, I, I didn't like the hit, didn't like it live, didn't like it on the replay. No. I, I, now, I'm also someone that doesn't like cross-checking Yep. In in general, that is something I would try to tone down in the NHL. But I know, you know, I have Kelly's on my show every week, and he said, well, you know, if you can, he goes, I don't mind if you kind of guide a guy or steer a guy, put a stick to his back as long as you're not really yes. e extending. So, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of it I would, even the mid-ice stuff that they sometimes let you get away with with a shove to the back, even some of that I'd like to see gone. Oh, I agree. And there's a lot of players that would like to see it gone as well. Uh, the uh, The league has cleaned it up a lot over the years um, as the one caller just talked about are you not allowed to rough up another team well no actually you're not nowadays that's the way this league is the, most of these players have gone through college and junior uh, in, in a much different style of game style of ref game than we did growing up so uh, having said all of that it was a dangerous hit that resulted in a serious injury and because of that i don't think evander kane will play next game 4-2 Avalanche win it. They're up 3-0 in the best of seven. We have Steve on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Steve, go ahead. I just actually was going to talk about something else, but I wanted to respond to a few callers back who made a disparaging remark about the arena in Calgary. Um, that may be yeah, the case. Yeah, you know what, Steve? We, like, like, that was a, let's just move on from that. I think we all know that wasn't appropriate, okay? Fair enough. Um, I've always been very uncomfortable with Kane being on the team with his background and his history, I think it was a mistake to sign him. And uh, I think hopefully we move on from him because frankly, the kind of uh, baggage he brings and his alleged behavior is uh, beneath the organization, I hope, and us fans. That's all I got. Well, that was a big discussion point when he was signed. And you know, yep. Rob was uh, Rob didn't think it was worth the, the risk. Now there hasn't been anything off the ice that uh, uh, that uh, well, there hasn't been anything off the ice. Uh, yep. He's been a really good hockey player. I, I, I've heard that from other fans, even throughout the this playoff, not not on air, but I've you know I've got a, I got a buddy who said, well, I don't know, can he can he keep it, can he keep it clean or whatever? We'll we'll see. Yep. I mean, we don't hear anything about. Uh, we we know that in in the past there's been teammates that didn't didn't like him. 
uh, and certainly all the other stuff. Uh, like I said, there's, there's been baggage there. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, he may be priced out, yeah. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> even to stay on the Oilers. Uh, I, I get it. Some people just don't like him and yep. don't want him on the team. Yep, no, 100%. Uh, I made my... I had my say when they first signed him, what I felt about it. And after that, I said I would only talk about what he does on the ice. And unless had, there was a story. Unless there, there was a story. Been. And there has He's been excellent on the ice. Um, had the Oilers moved on, or, or if they do move on, he has a chance at setting an all-time goal-scoring record. I mean, that's how well he's been in the playoffs. Having said that, tonight was, was wrong what he did, and he probably will pay a price with it with a suspension. Yeah. 7804960063. We have Steph on the line. Hey, Steph, go ahead. Hey, guys. Long time no talk. <laughs> um, I was actually uh, inspired to call in again because I was pretty disgusted to hear what Rhonda had messaged you. I just felt um, inclined to call in. I was at the game tonight, and I completely understand the frustration and the, the disappointment. Um, but I just want, I just feel like people are losing sight of the fact that. I don't think anyone counted us into the Western Conference Final. Um, I feel like people are forgetting, too, how long the abs were bad for, and they've really clawed their way back up to be one of the fastest to beat the teams in the league. And like it or not, I feel like they've really earned this dominance. So I feel like we need to take the best parts of this series and just, you know, I mean, I know it's not over. Um, you know, anything can happen. But, you know, no matter what happens, I feel like people just need to remember that we're just getting started. We finally have a team who's playoff ready, and I feel like people need to, you know, put aside the petty the petty um, complaints and just look forward to the future. Well, I appreciate that, Steph. I, I mean, look, I, I get it. People are emotional one way or the other after games, so that's fine. You know, Rob and I are happy to, to talk to people about that. Um, yeah, the series is not over if and when it ends. So I think we'll talk more about next year, mm -hmm. flaws in the team. Uh, Colorado is is excellent. <laughs> there's, yeah, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And they're doing some things with, as you said, Gerard out, uh, backup goaltender. Basically didn't have Kadri for this game. Yep. I mean, he played 27 seconds or whatever it turned out to be. So, yeah, they're a great team. And they've built, um, I mean, McKinnon was first overall. What Landeskog was... Second, Second overall, overall Makar yep. was fourth overall. So, I mean, yeah, in the year the Oilers broke the playoff drought, I mean, the Avs had one of the worst teams of the last 25 years. So they have done a good job. It, it is on the Oilers to do that, uh, and I think they have made some steps this year. But I, I do think that, um, you know, I said a lot the last couple of years, the Oilers are good, not great. I think they're hopefully a little better than good now, but I, I think maybe we're seeing they're, they're not quite great they're not quite going toe-to-toe -to -toe with well the abs. And, and having said that the abs have, have had a couple really good years in a row and they've struggled in the playoffs they haven't got to this point so it's not as though the abs have dominated every year and this is just their rightful spot in the in the final four and then into the finals they've they've had some tough spots they've had uh some learning curves themselves and this is what the oilers are seeing right now uh there you usually have to learn to win through loss and i think the Cavs have done that they've lost the last couple of years their expectations were much higher than where they got and because of that they've realized what it takes to win and tonight i think again i go back to the last two minutes in the game the oilers were firing firing the puck from everywhere and the Avs were laying down blocking it and whoever was on the ice blocking shot after shot after shot and ranton and their star player he's the one that dives and punches the puck across the blue line 
to make sure that Barry can't keep it in. That's a huge play at that moment. He's got no stick. If Barry keeps it in, now you've got, it's a six on four because Ranton is without a stick, but he made sure he got the puck across the line. Little plays like that are which wins hockey games and ultimately which wins series. 4-2, the Avalanche take it tonight. We have Abbas calling in. Hey, Abbas, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I'm in Chicago on vacation. Oh, good for oh. you. Um, I got to say that. You know, it's very disappointing, you know, now that we're down 3 nothing. But I've seen, like, there's, like, there's, like, a little pattern going on. When McDavid scores, Leon doesn't score. Leon doesn't score. When Leon scores, McDavid scores. I don't know what the hell is happening. Is it, is it like, for Jinx or something? Like, well, I don't know about that. I, I mean, Dreisaitl, he's got a ton of assists, obviously, in this yeah. or against 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 Calgary. So I, I don't believe in jinxes. I, I think that uh, Leon set up a lot of goals against the Flames, and now we got a team that is doing as as well as any team has done, possibly in in years. Well, I know the Oilers weren't in the playoffs every year. McDavid and Dreisaitl were here, but. Uh, in, in a long time for inconsistently limiting dry settle McDavid yeah off the rush and off the cycle and limiting their opportunities um, Leon and Connor have had to work for every chance they've had and it, they clog it up they do a good job defensively and it's a whole five players on the ice it's not just matched up against Makar it's Makar and a back checking forward or it's Taves and another back checking forward so they've they've got a plan in place which they felt they needed to do to try to slow down connor and leon and through three games it's worked but uh, again i there's this wasn't a must win and because the others lost and they still get to play again but monday is a must win obviously and the Edmonton Oilers, i i hope that that will be their best game of the series and allow them to go to Colorado and put maybe just a tiny bit of stress on the Colorado Avalanche. Okay, Gord, Gene, and Frank up next in the batting order. The Oilers are now facing elimination. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Just met a gentleman here in Studio 99 who was very <laughs> excited to show us that he recently got Dave Hunter's autograph, and he used several words we would be fired if we used. And then, then he said this this loss hurt more than his divorce. Oh, did he say? I didn't even hear <laughs> yeah, that. That was the end of it. I'm like, that made me laugh. It was, yeah, it was a crushing de defeat. It was a sad one. It was one that uh, you just, you felt that this was, we're going to get a win tonight. They, they tie it up. The excitement's in the building. They get a power play. Things are going good. They get a couple great chances on the power play. And then the dude that takes the penalty comes out of the box and scores the goal. And yep. all of a sudden, the the energy was yep. taken out Tough of the building. Tough play for Bruce Shard. It was. I mean, Comfort's a very fast player. He had inside positioning. And he uh, pushed him off the puck. And then, no, I mean, it, a lot of times when a guy makes a really good play, it's the finish. He, he made the good play, and now all of a sudden the finish isn't there. He made the play, and he made the finish. And it was one that actually surprised him. As you saw him, he was actually trying to poke in Mike Smith's pads. He didn't realize the puck had gone in the net. Uh, on the nurse own goal, is that a puck he should leave, or is that just you're trying to put it behind the net and it but goes it, at the wrong angle? It, it, you always, you're always putting your stick in, in passing lanes. If you watch every single pass coming through the slot guys are trying to get in the lane get a stick on puck and very rare like it it took a weird bounce 
and there was what about an inch and a half space for him for the puck to find a way past Mike Smith just absolutely bad luck and every series well if you go through every championship team at the end of the the playoff run you can say okay what breaks or bounces did you get and everyone will tell you a number of different good yep. breaks good bounces they got and they have to and tonight the Colorado Avalanche got a couple good bounces good breaks yep. they took advantage of them and uh, got a very important yep. victory. I mean, the Oilers, we think, probably got one on the Coleman goal against yep. Calgary. Yeah. And I, I've, I've told the story before, 2019, because I've interviewed Colton Pareko. They went to Game 7, double overtime against Dallas, and Colton, who's a, a very good defenseman, oh, absolutely. was battling with Jamie Benn, and Ben went behind the net, and Colton chased him. And he's, yeah, I remember him telling me, I realized in that split decision, I made the wrong decision. I should have gone through the crease mm -hmm. to try to cut him off on the other side. And then he, he said he's... Now, so now he's behind the goal and Chasing. realizes he can't yep. stop Ben. And he looks at Bennington and he's thinking, Jordan's not going to make it. And Ben didn't wrap it tight enough. And it hit further up Bennington's pad instead of... If, it he if he would have jammed it where Bennington's toe was, it goes in and the Blues are out. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's, a, it's a much smaller scale, but I, I won a championship in the minors, and in the round one, they have a play in round three games, and we lost the first one, and in the second one, we went into overtime, and the other team's best player had a breakaway and got his own rebound, had a wide-open net, and just missed a wide-open net. We went on to win the championship that year, but that was that was game two of I think we ended up playing 28 yeah, games. Yeah, you played for two more months yes, after that. But yeah. we should have lost, and so every team will have that story of how they got a bouncer break that allowed them to move on and win a championship. The Oilers haven't got it in this series. The Colorado Avalanche have. Having said that, the Avalanche they've outplayed. They've outplayed yeah. them in three games. They have been the better hockey club. Yeah, they have not stolen a game in no. this series. No, they have. I, I don't know if they've stolen a game. They've been in the playoffs. I mean, no, they're, 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 they probably they're have had one. And two now. Yeah, and they probably had one stolen. The game that they lost in overtime to St. Louis, they were up 3 nothing in that game on home ice and, and fell apart late in the hockey game. So, uh, yeah, it, this, I'm looking forward to game four. I do believe the Oilers have more to give. Uh, a bounce, a break, uh, a big save at the right moment, something that allow them to extend the series. Because yeah. that's all you want to do right now. Your whole thought process, extend the series, just to live to play another game. All right, we have Gord on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Gord, go ahead. Yes, uh, just two quick points. Uh, I totally agree with Rob's uh, observation previously when he said the, uh, the major penalty kill took away Edmondson's momentum a lot in that first, uh, first uh, few minutes there. McDavid scores, and then a half a minute later, they're on a five-minute uh, penalty kill. Uh, interestingly, the coach in his post-game comments didn't see it that way. He thought it gave them a boost. Well, clearly it didn't. So that's point number one. Point number two, just in terms of numbers on the night, uh, McKinnon and Landeskog were both plus uh, four. Uh, uh, Kane and McDavid were minus three, although that doesn't represent McDavid's play, obviously. He's great. Um, so I think the, the better team won, uh, but the weaker team may have uh, played a role in beating themselves. Uh, that's it. Have a good night. Well, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's <laughs> the debate, right? When, I mean, I had a couple of frustrated friends who are Oilers fans say, well, why aren't they playing like they did against Calgary? And I'm like, well, they're not they're, playing they're, Calgary. They're probably <laughs> trying, but like I always say, the quality of the opponent. So the quality of the opponent can make more plays, and maybe make mm -hmm. the weaker team make a few more mistakes. And I think that's part of what's happening. Well, uh, Daryl Sutter made a really great, he had a great quote after the one, like, quit looking at the negatives at our team. 
maybe the team we're playing better, the team we're playing is better. And I think that we've seen that in the first three games. I, I don't think the, the lack of effort is there for the Edmontonians. I think they're working. I think they're trying to do a lot of the things that they did against the Calgary Flames. But the Colorado Avalanche are a much, much better hockey club than, than Calgary. And we've seen that through the first three games of this series. And anyone that's watched the playoffs have seen it. If they've watched Colorado play throughout the playoffs, they've been excellent from game one all the way through to this game tonight. All right, we also have Gene standing by. Hello, Gene, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Long time no talk, guys. Yeah, we're good. So so here's what I saw, like, during the game. Like, I was actually at the game today, and it was it was also electric. Plus, like, I think the shots, like, I also reflected to entire, the, the entire series. We're not really getting the shots that we need, but, like, at least the compete level was there. And I say, I'm also thinking that... Uh, like uh, we need to win one game at a time, but we also did win four, win four straight. So, are there any major adjustments that the team has to make in order to make it happen? What's your take on it? Well, yeah, there certainly needs to be some adjustments when you're down three nothing in a series. Uh, there may be major adjustments if Yamamoto and Kane cannot play. That will be something that you'll want to watch over the next uh, 48 hours. I, I think that the Oilers want to make sure they. Uh, their power play is tweaked a bit because they had an opportunity tonight to win the hockey game on the power play. Uh, and they need to find a way to create more scoring chances. Colorado has done a really good job. Uh, i shocked that the, the limited number of chances that Connor and Leon have had. And that, to me, isn't on Connor and Leon. That is simply that the Colorado Avalanche have put together a really, really good game plan. So there will be tweaks. You, you don't go into a game that you've against a team that you've lost three straight games to and not feel that you have to change something. So there will be changes for the Oilers when they play game four. Yeah, and, and he's right about the shots. And it, anybody who watches hockey for more than a couple of weeks, <laughs> even if you're becoming a fan, you realize shots on goal aren't always the be-all and end-all. I had uh, Mike Kelly works for NHL.com and does a lot of analytics work. He was on my show last week and said shots on goal might be you know, the most misleading stat of all. But it hasn't been in that in this series. No. I mean, the Oilers have been outshot, and it has represented the flow of the game for the most part. And again, I point to I, I think Jack or Bob's like the second half of the second period was something like 11-2 for the Avs, and that's where I said they were just grinding it down. We're we're keeping coming. So for the Oilers, yes, you need more shots. Well, a you don't have the puck a lot, and b uh, okay. Well, do you cross the blue line and shoot from 70 feet? Well, Francis is going to catch that and drop it for his defenseman and. Back, unless back unless it's go. McLeod shooting. Unless it's well, McLeod. he got him there. Yeah, he did. He it was a nice there. shot. But no, uh, the others just... Colorado's done a good job of eliminating a lot of the grade-A scoring chances. That you're, you don't, you're not seeing the, what we saw against the Calgary Flames. You're not seeing what we saw at times against the LA Kings. Colorado's just better. They're better defensively. they got better players than those two other teams. So, uh, But the others have got to try and find a way to... Uh, get inside, uh, create second, third opportunities if they want. I mean, the, the goaltending that Colorado has had the last couple of games have shown that you are going to need multiple opportunities to put the puck past him because he's made the big saves when he's had to. 4-2, the Avs win. They lead 3-0 in the series. Frank is on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Frank, go ahead. Hey, guys, thanks for letting me in on the discussion. Got a couple points to make. I listened to the post-game interview by the coach, and he made uh, a couple of observations. 
he always says we're going to process the game, make a little adjustments, etc. And then he made a comment about uh, the discrepancies in uh, calls against the Oilers versus the Avalanche. I don't have too much to say about the Cadre thing, except you reap what you sow. Cadre's a dirty player, everybody knows it, and I'm pretty sure there's a few people uh, players amongst the league that watch this game uh, not feeling uh, a sorry for him at, at all. And then there was the classic slew foot on dry side by McKinnon. I'm wondering how player safety is going to explain that one away. I mean, at one point when you look at the uh, replay, dry side was almost horizontal. I mean, his he went up so high and slammed on the thing, and that that one's beyond me. I think the Oilers, for whatever reason, will not shoot the puck. Uh, you got to put rubber against uh, goalies, especially if it's the backup guy. And we have a history of making the backups look a lot better than they really are. Put the rubber there. Quite often when they have a scoring chance, they pass it off, whether it's a power play or not. What do you guys think? Well, I, I agree. You've got to shoot when you have an opportunity. I, I think you also take a look at the Avalanche have done a good job of getting into shooting lanes, of forcing the Oilers to the outside, have taken away the grade-A scoring chances. So I, I don't think the Oilers are coming into the games with a thought of, okay, we've got to pass it around until we get the perfect shot. Uh, having said that, I, I was a big believer of shooting from all different angles. Uh, shoot the shoot from the goal line put it in his feet force him to make a save force there to be uh chaos in front of the, the net and the blue paint uh the Oilers could do that more um as for the slew foot should have been a penalty might be a fine absolutely should have been a penalty um anyone that can take down leon dry probably has done it a little bit illegally because he's a man that does not go down very easy yeah, I would still say, though, did the, have the Oilers passed up a couple of shots? Okay, I, mean, I can remember the one dry settle cut into the slot and passed it to mm -hmm. CC back door, yep. goes off CC's stick. You're probably thinking, okay, Leon, just take the shot. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't say there are a lot of those. Nope. I, I just think the Avs are, are checking extremely well, mm -hmm. back pressure extremely well. I mean, how many chances off the rush is McDavid getting? Zero. Well, he I scored. mean, scored. That was that was it. And the other thing, and too, there's a great, a couple of great videos of it. The Avs are doing a fantastic job of stick on puck. Connor has uh, likes taking the puck with speed around behind the net and coming out with speed because normally he beats guys. Uh, the Avs are just keeping their stick right where the puck is, and they're just following him around, just getting stick on puck and not allowing him that easy access or that easy shot. Uh, I, I think if this series ends and it's not in favor of the Oilers, I think we'll be looking back at how good the Colorado Avalanche played, more so of what the Oilers did wrong. I just think the Colorado Avalanche, through three games, yeah. have been a much better hockey club, and that shouldn't be a surprise because over the 82-game schedule, they were a better hockey club. Okay, we'll get to Jim and Tom as well. We've got to call a quick timeout. Avs take game 3-4-2. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, McDavid scored early, 38 seconds into the game. The crowd was fired up. Then Evander Cade got a major for boarding. The Oilers did kill it off. The Avalanche tied it late in the first. Nakushkin passing it. Nurse trying to deflect it away. Beat Smith short side. Nakushkin scored again in the second period. Blocked shot. 
deflected over to him, and then he went up high on Smith. McLeod, a long-range wrist shot, made it 2-2 with 12.26 left in the third. Oilers had a power play. Francois, his best save of the series on Connor McDavid. Evan Bouchard hit the post, and eight seconds later, he was shoved off the puck by JT Comfer out of the penalty box, who scored what turned out to be the game winner. Oilers pulled Smith with two minutes left, called a timeout with 46 seconds left, ranted and intercepting Dreisaitl's pass and scoring into the empty net with 34.2 seconds left. That is how it broke down tonight, and the Avs are up 3-0 in the best of seven. They'll try to put it away on Monday night. That was really good. You did the 30-30. and 30. Edmonton Oilers, 30-30. and 30. No one even had to watch the hockey well, game. Well, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. Hopefully I can sum up a hockey game. <laughs> you summed it up very well. First, uh, first day in Lloydminster, I covered an AJHL playoff game, and then the Allen Cup was there like a month after I started in 2000. That was pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I remember I was actually, I thought my, what year was that? 2000. Um, it wasn't the 05 one with oh, okay. and those guys. It, the 05 one is when they asked me to come play for them. They asked, Horse Lake asked you to no, come play? No, Lloydminster did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, where are you again? He goes, Lloydminster. I go, you know I live in St. Albert, right? Like, well, they had a guy from BC who was I know. flying, well, they, flying in to play. Well, they wanted me to drive in every weekend and play. And I'm like, yeah, I've got young twins. I'm not sure you, you my been, wife's going to be. You would have been a good third liner at that level. I, if I, you know what? If I worked hard, I might have <laughs> got up to the second power play unit. That was right after I retired, too. Yeah, that was only a couple of years yeah. after. So, yeah. yeah, you would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, but they took it a lot more serious than I would have, so it wouldn't have been fair to the team. The, I, I do have good memories. Like I covered three Allen Cups in person because Lloyd hosted in 2005, and it was in Stoney in 07. Mm-hmm. And I got, did play-by-play on the radio station for that, and Lloyd won it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did uh, color for the Allen Cup the year it was in Red Deer. I think, I'm not sure which one, TSN, I think, I did it for. Yeah, I think Lacombe or Bentley, I don't know if I can't remember where they used to be in Bentley, now they're in Lacombe, they would have hosted. I think it was, it was, I think it was Bentley, yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun, and the hockey was very good. Well, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of great stories. Yeah. There's ex-pros, you do get the odd ex-NHLer, well, I mean, there's, not usually many, but. There was two guys that I played with in the NHL. Terry Yake played on one team, and then, oh, what, can't think of the other guy's name. He play, I played with him in Pittsburgh, so there's two players that I played with that were in that Allen Cup, and it, it it was good hockey, very very good hockey. All right, Oilers lose four two to the Avs. We have Jim standing by. Jim, go ahead. Hey guys. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Listen, you guys. Uh, uh, I think uh, I listen to you a lot, and I don't I don't agree with you tonight. A lot of times I do. But the Oilers were, they played a really good game tonight and they uh, deserved a better outcome. I know uh, <coughs> uh, if Bouchard had scored that goal instead of uh, it going the other way, you guys would be uh, maybe saying a different story as to the outcome here. And as far as the Kane uh, uh, play goes, I mean, give me a break. I mean, if Kadri doesn't get hurt on that, Really? Uh, even uh, uh, the things that Kadri does out there all the time? How about uh, the uh, slew foot on Dreisaitl? I mean, uh, well, Rob, Dreisaitl... Rob said, he, Rob said he thought it was a slew foot. Should, so I, I said mean. it was a slew, slew foot. It should have been a penalty. And what Kadri does at any time in his hockey career doesn't really matter when you judge a, a play that was what Kane did that's a suspension in my mind 100 percent well no I agree with you like he he uh, 
uh, Kane's playing it hard. He's going going hard, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, maybe he did cross the line a little bit, but it happens all the time, you guys. You know that, right? Well, no, 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 no. It, that doesn't co- co- come across all the time. That a guy head going head first in the boards from five feet out, going full speed. No. Would well, you think that's any worse than what uh, when Drysaddle uh, gets his feet taken yes, out like that? Yes, one hundred, one hundred percent worse. Yes. Wow. Well. I'm not sure I agree with that. But, well, uh, well, if, well, that's if fine. That's broke, if, that's if why we Dreisaitl take calls. Broke his ankle, right? Is that a different play then? Oh, well, I, I've never seen a player break his ankle getting slew footed. Well, he's already got a bum ankle. Well, he does have a bum ankle, went, absolutely. Right? Yeah, you're right. He's got a bum ankle, but uh, there. I've in the games that I've played, if I had a choice of what I was going to do, so I'd have, have someone kick my feet out at center ice and have drive me head first into the boards. Well, I don't know if that was head first. Did you see that being head first? Did well, he was he, going, he, he it was to him, the back. He, he put his hand up to protect himself, and that's how he broke his hand or his wrist or whatever he broke. That's what saved his right. face. It was, that, that is it a suspension. A play. I agree with you. I yeah. just think that happens a lot, you guys. And, uh, I no. Don't, like, Kane, Kane has been a lot of things for us, right? And uh, one of them is his toughness and his aggression. And uh, we can't throw him under the bus and then start bringing up everything from the past. No, okay, I, first of all, okay, we're, I've we're, never we're, brought, not do, we're not doing that. One caller not, said he didn't like him. Well, I have not said I one think, ba- I think you guys may not have been, but I've been listening to calls and saying, oh, don't sign him again because of this. Come on, you guys. He's done everything we've asked him to. And uh, whether he crossed the line on that or not, we can argue that. But don't uh, bring up everything from the past on that. That that's nothing, right? No, that's fair. I mean, that, and that's a, the other side of the opinion, right? That the, somebody maybe made mistakes and you move on. Um, no, we appreciate it, I, and I I understand what he's saying. If Bouchard puts that puck in and the Oilers win, well, they toughed it out. They stuck with it. But well, we would still would have but, said but they were outplayed. But that's that's sports. I mean, the 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 New York Giants won a Super Bowl where a guy pinned a ball, to his, ball to his helmet on one of the most unlikely. I mean, that's the... Yeah, that, and that was the year that the Pats were going to go undefeated yeah, on the season. Yeah. Because they, I think they were undefeated. That would have tied the, the Miami Dolphins for an undefeated season. And, uh, like, I think that was... Wasn't it third or fourth down where the guy caught it on his head? So, so it was... Uh, and I was cheering for the Pats that game, too, so... Just another moment you brought up for me to remind me of fail failures yeah. in my life. Yeah, but fair. I mean, fair comment. The margins are the margins well, are thin, but a lot of times the the better team the, usually the gets better those teams. Yes. Uh, you know, find a way to to figure it out. And the Avalanche have had. Uh, I should go, I should figure out the time. I'll do it for. I mean, the Avalanche have led most of this series. It. Ha- I don't even think it would have been tied for that long. I, I would think the Avalanche have led most of this series. Yeah. The, again, they are a, a, a great hockey club, they, and they have been all season long, and there's no surprise that they're here where they are right now. And, and here's an example how when you get to this stage of the season and it, it's two good teams playing each other, but the better teams can still find a way. The, this regular season and playoffs combined – the Oilers have been beaten five times when they've scored the first goal, two of them in this series, because they were yeah. up one nothing in game one. Right? Yeah, you're right. Well, it, yeah. Normally when teams are chasing the Oilers, they find themselves in trouble because the Oilers are able to extend the lead. They haven't been able to do that tonight or do that this series against the Avalanche. 
We are actually the the manager of Studio 99 has left. <laughs> we are the last people here. They, uh, they just turned on the lights. Yeah, it's they're like, actually all right, they're closing to, time. Really trying to get us under. Although our tech is here. How's it going? <laughs> like if we were starving and needed food, there'd be nobody to get us food. But I, I, well, actually, we could help ourselves right now because we are the only people in here right well, now. Well, I think everything's locked up. Oh, I think we could pick a lot. We got our Troy, tech. Troy could pick a lot. Troy, our uh, game engineer. Okay, Tom, go ahead. Um, one of the things I don't think anybody talked about tonight was the unforced air breakouts by the Oilers defenseman, um, specifically the one that led to the Colorado second goal. Mm -hmm. um, Duncan Keith ices the puck down, unforced air comes back, and of course they score. And it happened a couple times, but by a veteran like Keith, just tough to see. I mean, uh, I know you guys have talked about the unforced airs before, but it was really evident that play to me when I was watching it live today. That's a great point, and it's funny you say that. I had a buddy uh, who I've coached with for in minor hockey texted me right afterwards before the goal was scored, said, could there not have been a better play that Keith made? And then moments later, the puck went in the net. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it did happen. It happens to both teams, but it was an unforced error that allowed the Colorado Avalanche to have a face-off play and, and score an important goal, so 100%. Yeah, well, and that's the story, right? The Oilers have also made more unforced errors yes. in this series than the Avalanche. Yes. So there's 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 another reason the Avs are a better squad. And uh, final call tonight, we'll go to Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Um, I just wanted to hear your guys' opinion. Um, with Darnell Nurse being injured, and he's clearly not played great the past couple of games, like why he's playing so many minutes. Like, he's he was... Third in ice time, I think it was it was McDavid, then Drysaddle, then Nurse for ice time. And with his gameplay, like why aren't we setting him more? Yeah, I was surprised he still played that much tonight. I thought that's why they and I, I thought Kulak would play more today. I agree. I thought that too. I, I think that Nurse played better tonight than he had in the previous two games. Um, but I thought they were would try to shelter his minutes. But it also just shows what they feel Nurse is capable of doing and what they feel the other players on the back end are capable of doing. So uh, Darnell Nurse is not anywhere near as good as Darnell Nurse new usually is. Um, but at this time of year, you have a lot of players playing injured. He's one of them. All right. Well, we're back on uh, Monday. First of all, Stoff will have a special extended game day edition of Oilers now from noon to 3. The face-off show will be at 4. The puck will drop at 6. The Oilers must win to keep their season going. The Avalanche take it 4-2 tonight. They lead the best of seven. West Final 3-0. Get more on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 630ched. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a good night.